Chicago voters might have finally found some sanity. Joe Biden cannot stop saying stupid crap and never assume malice when stupidity is more than likely. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, I meant you might notice the sounds a little different today, and that's because I'm at Josie's house. So we we both had funerals yesterday. Kind of a long day. We never, I never got to the podcast like I was supposed to, but that's probably a good thing because there's just a ton of stuff going on. Now we are going to beat right through this whole thing today, and it, because there's just a lot, and I've got a lot more to cover. And there's just no way I can cover it all. A lot of this, there's a lot of news, and. Don't be shocked if you hear Josie walk in and start talking. That's going to happen. I told her she can do it. It doesn't make any difference. Let people hear what my real life is. But the funerals were nice. Um, we had some drink yesterday. I, I, It took me three and a half hours to get to L.A., which really sucked. And it rained, which really sucked. But coming back, it took me maybe an hour and 45 minutes. That's yeah, just Los Angeles traffic. It's... Los Angeles has got to be the butthole of the world. So uh, there's a reason I don't live there anymore and will never, ever in my life live there. Not to mention, I'd like to be able to walk streets without being armed. But that's a different story altogether. Okay, let's uh, get to some news. All right, let's get to the news. And there is a ton of it, and it's good news. Chicago has finally, finally, after so many years, decided to boot Lori Lightfoot as mayor. Finally. She is the first incumbent mayor in 40 years to be kicked out. She ran against six other people. She came in third. There will be a runoff because no one hit 50%, but she will not be part of the runoff. Um, She did make a concession speech. She said she was, and this is half the reason She's no longer mayor. She said she was proud of her record on murder and crime. She said murder's down, blah, blah. Since she took over, murder's up 37%. Crime is up substantially in Chicago. No No one knows what she's talking about when she says she's proud of her record. And, of course, today she decided to scream. I mean, yesterday's concession speech was a good speech. There was nothing wrong with her concession speech. But then today, of course, she screamed She screamed out that the reason she's no longer mayor is because she's black and a lesbian and she's a victim. So tiring. These people don't seem to realize you got elected. You were the mayor. You sucked at your job. There will be no acknowledgement that she sucked at her job. And then she sits there and screams she's a victim. She's no victim. The other problem she's going to end up Well, not she, but Chicago is going to end up with is that right now it looks like a Democrat's in the lead again. I mean, we saw what happened with Eric Adams in New York. I don't know when uh, blue cities are going to realize you guys are just hiring the same soda with a different flavor. It's it's so old with these guys. And if they end up voting this Democrat in and this this Democrat supposedly Supported by the police unions, he is a very pro-police Democrat, but so was Eric Adams, and I don't see much happening in New York to fix things. The big, the big story with this, the underlying story with this, is this is what's going to happen to the Democratic Party. 
the Democratic Party, they're going to screw up and screw up and screw up. And eventually people are going to get tired of it. And and they're just going to get rid of them. Now, eventually, like in California, I don't know how more screwed up California can get. I really don't. And they keep voting these morons in. I have no idea. New York, the same way. Kathy Hochul is, she, Gavin Newsom at least has a Ken and Barbie look to him. And he can attract people simply because of his Hollywood looks. Kathy Hochul not only is stupid like Newsom, but she's ugly as all sin. So what exactly are people voting for up there? I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to see how this is all going to turn out in these states. I'm hoping by 2024, people will have absolutely had enough of it. And they'll just start kicking these people out. Oh, in other news, <coughs> the Supreme Court is listening to arguments about Biden's tuition forgiveness program. Now, this tuition forgiveness program was a cynical ploy by the Biden administration right before the elections. This thing doesn't have a chance of getting through. I would not be shocked if even the leftists on the court sit there and say, yeah, maybe like Kagan, Sotomayor and, and Jack, Jackson Brown, whatever her name is, they're pretty stupid. So they're probably going to accept it. But I think even Kagan might see, sit there and look at this and say, yeah, this isn't constitutional. I would be absolutely positive that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would say you can't do this. The president cannot go out there and just unilaterally by himself spend money. He's not a king. He can't do that. It has to go through Congress. And of course, Congress is not doing a thing about it. I mean, if all these people like AOC, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, all these people, uh, Jayapal, who I just like pronouncing her name when I can say it correctly. Uh, if all these people really wanted this, they could put together a bill and send it to the Senate and let it. They're not doing a darn thing. Not to mention this whole thing is a huge slippery slope. Whereas right now you say, OK, forgive student loan, forgive. Yeah, let's give student loan forgiveness. What's next? Car loan forgiveness. What loan? A house loan, home loan forgiveness. What loan is untouchable if this actually gets through? And the answer is none. You can sit back and the president can then unilaterally say, okay, forgive all home debt. Forgive all rental debt. It is a big slippery slope. And the fact of the matter is the contracts that these students sign, they sign. They know they, everything is in the contract. Now, my big question, and of course, what about the people who didn't go to college or the people who did pay it off? What happens to them? They're screwed. And the answer is yes, they're screwed. So the left is slipping out. They know they're going to lose. So they decided to take to the streets again. And of course, you can imagine there's going to be some threatening of um, there's going to be some threatening of the Supreme Court justices again. Again, the good news is the Supreme Court justices are getting used to this crap. This is nothing new. So here's Randy Weingarner, who's not even a politician. She's the head of the American Federation of Teachers. One of the most, by the way, one of the most corrupt unions in the United States. This was a union that is still to this day fighting to close schools because of the pandemic, to do remote learning. This, I, I don't want to call her bad words, but this broad is just 
absolutely terrible. She doesn't care about the kids. And she really makes it. Well, she she really makes it obvious. And here she is throwing an absolute hissy fit in front of the Supreme Court. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off, during the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it. The corporations challenge it. The student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right. That is not fair. And that is what we are fighting as well when we say, cancel student debt. There's so much wrong with this little temper tantrum that this broad is throwing right now. So much wrong. First off, small businesses and big businesses had to take out loans to start those businesses, and they were expected to pay off those loans. They are to this day still expected to pay off those loans. The money they had received, if they had received them, because a lot of small businesses didn't receive dick, okay? Those, that money was to keep their employees employed while the government artificially shut down the economy. It had nothing to do with their loans. If they couldn't afford rent, their businesses closed, and that's exactly what ended up happening. This is a really stupid argument that she's making. Meanwhile, these kids are going to, they're going, signing these contracts to get an education that may or may not be worthwhile, and now we're expected to pay it off. Hey, how about paying off the loans of the small businesses that had to shut down because uh, of of this of the government shutting down the entire economy? I'd like to hear that. Well, she wasn't the only one who said st some stupid stuff, and of course, Ilhan Omar. She released a tweet that said this: "Does the does the president have the legal right to cancel student debt? Yes." Is it just to cancel student debt for the millions of people shackled with student debts? Yes. Is it just to look at student debt through a racial lens, justice lens? Yes. Canceling student de debt is legal and just. Okay. The only problem with her tweet is she misspelled yes. She misspelled no. None of that stuff is legitimate. None of that stuff is legitimate. The president doesn't have a legal right to do this on his own. And there is no law out there, I'll get to that in a second, that says he does have a right to do that. That's what the Supreme Court is determining. Is it to cancel student debt, are shackled with student debt? Well, I mean, if you own a house, guess what? You're shackled with debt. If you own a car, guess what? For a while, you're shackled with debt. And social just, social and racial justice? Is she kidding? This, this debt cancellation works with people who make under $125,000. So if you make $124,999, you get 10,000. Does that sound like you're really broke? And for a couple, it's $250,000. That's incredible. So if you have two parents that make $75,000, you still are uh, make $75,000 each, which is $150,000 internal income. They still have a right to cancel debt. That's that's just idiotic. Okay, and here's another one. This is Jamal Bowman. Again, I think he is a a I think he's kind of an honorary member of the squad where Ilhan Omar and AOC belong. Here he tweeted, Scot <coughs> SCOTUS needs to follow the law and cancel student debt. 
Okay, Jamal, what law would that be? Can you show me what law? I can show you laws that say it is illegal and civilly illegal to cancel, decide just to cancel your debt. I can see that. Or suddenly decide not to pay your debt. I see those laws. What law does it say, oh, you can cancel debt anytime you want or student debt anytime you want? I don't recall every, anywhere, anyone, any law, anywhere in the country that says that. And definitely the president can't do it just willy-nilly. Everything all these guys said is wrong. If they wanted to, again, these guys could craft a bill that, that cancels student debt and then send it to the Senate. And if the Senate passes it, then the president can sign it. But the fact of the matter is, they want King Biden to do it. A couple of reasons. They want King Biden to be King Biden. That's one reason. The second reason is these guys are all lazy. They don't want to work. I mean, what, what is Congress doing? In all seriousness, Congress right now is worthless. They want the king to be the king. Unfortunately for them, we have a constitution that prevents King Biden from being king. That's the point of the constitution. And believe it or not, that's exactly what they said back in back in 17 in the 1770s. Heck, Thomas Paine, in common sense, he gave half his he gave half his a book to why kings are stupid and we shouldn't have kings. And then when in his um, farewell speech, George Washington, I got to read you that part in there specifically said he's not a king and that's why he doesn't want a third term so this is going to get this is going to get rejected it the decision is not going to be available till june or july which is going to give the leftists time to figure out how to assassinate one of the supreme court justices because this government's not going to do anything now luckily um the the congress is run the uh, house is run by republicans so maybe this time there will be some protections given to the Supreme Court justices, but we'll have to see. All right. In more news, the House Select Committee met on China. House Select Committee on China met on Tuesday night. They did this on purpose. They did. They took a play. Uh, they took a page out of the playbook of the Democrats, and they played this during the middle of prime time. They talked about TikTok, unfair trade practices, stealing of technical data the Uyghur concentration camps and other abuses, the spying, including the spy balloon thing, the trouble that's coming to Taiwan. They talked a lot about China. And two things came from this whole thing. China should not have favored trade status, and the United States needs to decouple from China. We need to completely get China out of, a, get out of our country, out of our culture. They also talked about how China is trying to buy up land within the United States to control our food supply and possibly to spy on other military bases. Now, what's kind of interesting about this whole thing, this was bipartisan. A bunch of the Democrats on the committee also believe this is a major problem. As a matter of fact, throughout Congress, there is a, about 50 percent of Democrats saying, are saying that China is a problem. Of course, not the important Democrats. Not the Democrats in the Biden administration. They don't seem to see a problem with China, probably because they're being paid off by China. But we'll we'll have to see. Here's the thing with this. This is this is great. I, I love it. Here's the problem. 
you better do something. Don't sit there, have committee after committee after committee after committee, and then not put out laws that you can send to the Senate. Not put out regulations that you can send to the Senate. We need to see some action. Committee meetings are not action. And this is one thing. Fox News made it very clear yesterday. Hey, um, I think it was Laura Ingram. She interviewed two two congressmen. I think it was Laura Ingram. It might have been uh, Tucker Carlson. I can't remember. They all run into each other after a while. But they basically said, hey, if you guys don't actually do anything about this, what difference does it make? This is just theater at this point. Well, we're going to have to see if if the Republicans have the balls to actually do anything. Let's see in other news. Giselle Fetterman is so upset about her senator husband, John Fetterman, being hospitalized with clinical depression. She decided to take the kids on vacation in Canada. There is one word. There is no word out of the condition of John Fetterman. None. There are rumors that the damage he took in that stroke last year that he was never allowed to recover from because his pig wife decide, and the Democrats decided to parade him around the country, under which causes a lot of stress. And now there's talk that the damage done is permanent. It's not going away. Well, I guess we found the woman of the year, the wife, wifey of the year, in Giselle Fetterman. I mean, oh, I just can't. Ha- she sounds like a sociopath. Oh, I just can't handle it. So we decided and to hear the children laugh and everything. And, oh, it's like, Jesus Christ, lady. I, I don't know who's worse, Jill Biden or oh, Jill Biden, Joe Biden's wife or Giselle Fetterman. I got news for you. Giselle just took the cake. Absolutely incredible. And you know what would be worse? There is talk that she could be the senator if uh, John Fetterman cannot continue. She will actually be appointed senator by the governor in the governor in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that'll be that'll be something that'll complete the hat trick. Finally, for some reason, Janet Yellen, a non-elected secretary of the Treasury and actually has nothing to do with foreign policy, decided to take a trip to Ukraine to meet with uh, Vladimir uh, Voldovoy or whatever his name is, uh, Zelensky. We know why she did it. She's a globalist, just like the rest of the Biden administration. And she feels the United States should be spending their wealth helping everybody else. And she also came to drop off another $1.2 billion check to uh, Voldemort Zelensky again. Now, mind you, this is after Joe Biden went last week and dropped off a $500 million check to Voldemort. Zelensky. So I guess now what we're going to do is we're just going to send people at the Biden administration to drop the checks off weekly, like on child support, right? Maybe child support in California and New York. I don't know. But it sounds like that's actually what's going to end up happening. And of course, she sat there and promised the Ukrainians, we are going to stand behind, behind you as long as it takes. Right now, the United States has given uh, the Ukraine over a hundred billion dollars. Now, again, I don't mind this necessarily because we are defeating through a proxy war. We are defeating Russia. We're weakening Russia and a hundred billion dollars is cheap compared to raising a huge military. So I don't have any problem with this. By the way, Josie's in the room. So if you hear something, she's kind of trying to be mouse quiet. 
I don't know if she'll be able to do it. There she is sneaking around. Anyway, that hundred billion that we've given Ukraine, that's more than the entire continent of Europe has given combined. So here's the problem. The war is becoming unpopular in the United States. And the war is becoming unpopular in the United States because the government seems to be dishing, shoveling money to Ukraine. Meanwhile, we've got East Palestine. Um, the, the pollution from that East Palestine disaster is now leaking into Pennsylvania. And no one is doing anything about it. I know Pete, Pete Buttplug decided to go and and say hi and not answer any questions and then leave. And now, I mean, yes, just, just Sunday, Pete Buttigieg is sitting back and talking about how the environment is our biggest concern, dude. Under your watch, you've got probably one of the largest man-made disasters in American history. You're complaining, you do nothing about it, and you're complaining about the environment? Okay, well, this is becoming unpopular. And if this war continues on, and it looks like it's going to, um, this is going to be a real problem for Joe Biden in 2024. It's just going to be a political football. And then they're going to blame Republicans, of course. Then they're going to, and Republicans are to blame because they're supporting this crap too. But they're going to blame Republicans. They're going to blame Trump for whatever reason. It's just going to go back and forth. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. So that's the news. Now let's get to the Kamalaisms of the day. So we haven't done Kamalaisms in a while since probably last week. So let's go. Leave it to Joe Biden to say the dumbest things possible. And I could have played about 80. Uh, Kamala isms from Joe Biden because he just said one stupid thing after another, or he had the struggles with the teleprompter. Him and the teleprompter were wrestling, and he couldn't get words out. Matter of fact, one of one of the speeches he actually seemed to get mad at the teleprompter, like it's its fault. But all Joe decided this week, it's end of Black History Month was yesterday, and he decided, you know something, I'm going to go pander to to the black leadership. So. Here he is basically insulting himself and white people because, you know, he's so inclusive, a president. Let's listen. And by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know where the power is. I know where the power, you think I'm joking. I learned a long time ago about the divine nine. Well, I got some bad news for Joe Biden. Um, he is white and he is stupid. I, and, and, you know, it, again, this is everyone talked about just he's being self-deprecating and things like that. No, he's insulting all white people and he's insulting all white people because the people in that room and we'll talk about this tomorrow. The people in that room think exactly what he's th what he's saying. So where he's not stupid is he knows what to say to the, to his audience, which has been a problem. Joe Biden has had his entire life. I mean, he. All he does is pander. That's all he's done. So, you know, I, great. You insulted white people. Yay, you. Anyway, here he is celebrating his only major feat since becoming president. And he's really proud of this. A special thanks to members of the most diverse administration in history who are here. 
the most diverse administration in history, right, Jim? Jim Carver, <laughs> I tell you what, man. Okay, yes, they're divor- they're diverse. There's no question. Um, now let's talk about that diverse group of people that he has under his administration. We have a vice president of color that is uh, incompetent and unpopular, and nobody wants her speaking anywhere. We have a gay man as transportation secretary who took three months off for paternity leave because I guess his husband really suffered through postpartum depression after he had the baby. Oh, the big problem with Pete Buttplug when it comes to uh, his transportation secretary job is that nobody knew he was gone. He also failed to deal with a supply chain crisis. He couldn't keep the planes in the air or couldn't get the planes to even take off during the holidays. He can't keep the trains on track. He has failed to pay attention to what could be the biggest environmental crisis in American history and possibly in the world outside of Chernobyl. But at least our bridges, he did tell us our bridges are racist and there are too many white construction workers. So there's that. I mean, that's diversity. We have a guy who thinks he's a woman in the health department who is encouraging parents to drug and mutilate their children because of his trans ideology. We had a guy running the nuclear waste department that likes to cross dress and do the puppy play thing with other men. And oh, yeah. And he was arrested for stealing the luggage of women and then wearing their clothes in public. Listen. Diversity doesn't mean competent or good. As a matter of fact, you can almost guarantee if you've got a government that's diverse, it means they've set, they've sacrificed competency for diversity. And you don't have the best person in the job. You have a diverse person in the job. Okay, and of course, there's Joe Biden's in Joe Biden's third uh, third Kamalaism. He's just creepy. He said something here about a nurse he was dealing with named Pearl Nelson when he was in the hospital. And I don't know. This is this is this is just pretty weird. Listen. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. <laughs> she'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper. She'd lean down. He'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because he didn't knew the one I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. I mean, what? I've been to a hospital before. I used to work in a medical clinic. I don't remember any nurse blowing or whispering into a patient's ear. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that's harassment and illegal. But just the whole the whole thing, this this guy is such a creeper. And by the way, this is the problem with his diverse organization. He thinks himself competent. He thinks himself competent. So that way he thinks his entire administration is competent. Well, <laughs> if the head guy isn't competent, nobody else can be. Okay. Well, we're going to get we're going to stick with Joe Biden here because he just continues to say stupid crap. I'm going to have to sacrifice one story today. So we'll talk about um, Scott Adams tomorrow and what Scott Adams 
I've got some serious thoughts about Scott Adams, and I'm going to attack that whole mess in several different directions. That's where he actually went off on a racist rant. And yeah, here's a little prelude. It was a racist rant. There was no question to it. But I have a tendency not to blame, uh, not to apply malice where stupidity could easily be applied. And I'm going to do that here. And I've got reasons to believe that Scott Adams, even though he said something racist, he's not a racist. So let's let's get to it. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, let's say the response to Palestine, Ohio disaster has not been well responded to by the Biden administration. All of the optics for the last three weeks now have been terrible and people are still asking questions about this. Joe Biden um, goes to Ukraine on the one year anniversary of the Ukraine uh, war. And he's standing there supporting, handing $500 million to Vladimir uh, Zelensky or Voldemort Zelensky, whatever it is. He's done nothing to Palestine. He's even made it that even FEMA has said they have nothing to do with Palestine because it's not a natural disaster. And he doesn't do anything about that. But he's in a foreign country. Kamala Harris last week ended up in Europe for whatever reason. Pete Buttplug doesn't go to Ohio for 11 days after the accident. Then when he gets there, he makes a complete ass out of himself. He won't answer any questions as to why he wasn't there. He only went after Trump showed up, which is, again, more really bad optics. And by the way, where are all these environmentalists they keep talking about, that keep talking about the end, including Pete Buttplug, by the way? Because Pete Buttplug, this weekend, after he got back, was screaming about the environment and climate change. And yet he doesn't seem to give too much of a damn about the climate change, the climate problems, the environmental disaster that is happening in Palestine, Ohio. Where is John Kerry? Where is Leonardo DiCaprio? Where are uh, Megan and Megan and Harry? Aren't they supposed? Where's Bono? Aren't these people supposed to be over there? In, it's just absolutely incredible. Well, they ask they the media is wondering, OK, when are you, Joe Biden, going to go to Palestine, Ohio? And especially after you just got back from Ukraine and we've got a, a pretty serious disaster in Palestine, Ohio, when are you going over there? Well, his answer as he gets off, as he's about to enter a helicopter, probably for another vacation. Here's what he had to say. The answer is that I, uh, I had a long meeting with my team and what they're doing. You know, we were there two hours after the train went down. Two hours. I've spoken with every single major figure in both United in both Pennsylvania and in, 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 in Ohio. And so the idea that we're not engaged is simply not not there. And initially there was not a request for me to go out. Even before I was heading over to, to uh, speak. So 
Sir, I'm very close to Sir, I'm And he walks away. Now, it amazes me that we're supposed to think this guy is competent, and he just can't get words out of his pile. Guy can never get any, anything out. But he's supposed to be competent, and then he walks like a mummy. And you should have seen the video. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can actually see the video. He's walking to reporters, and for some reason, his hand is out as if he's going to shake someone else's hand. He looks so mechanical, so unreal, so stiff. Okay. Now, let's let's go over with what he said. First off, uh, now, the government did send someone over there two hours after this happened. They sent the Environmental Protection Agency, which, by the way, has no real power or, or resources to help clean up this mess. They really don't. I mean, I, I don't know. And then they didn't send a high-ranking member of the EPA. They sent a middle management guy, an administrator over there. And then his brilliant solution was to blow the trains up that held the chemicals, including vinyl chloride. Um, so exactly how did the federal government help anything? But the, the media is not done. I, even the mainstream media is saying this is really looking terribly bad. I mean, President Trump's approval ratings went straight up after after he visited Palestine. And he did the right things. He's rich. He could bring water. He could buy McDonald's for these people. It was very simple. It was a photo op. It wasn't anything special, but at least he showed he gave a damn. But we haven't heard the worst. The media is still going to beat him up. Now, remember the last clip? He talked. He, he said he had talked to everyone. Well, it turns out. That's not so. He didn't talk to probably the most important person in the in Palestine, Ohio. Here he is talking to ABC News in an interview he had um, just this past weekend about Palestine. So do you plan to travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall. that. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and I'm multiple times. I've talked to both the senators, both, both governors. I've talked to everyone there is to talk to. And we've made it clear that everything is available. Everyone is there except FEMA. Or my follow-up question to this would have been, and this guy actually did a pretty good job. Um, my question after that, well, who's there? Who exactly is there? Now, the last I heard, the only people that are there are the EPA. I think FEMA is finally going, but the only people there are FEMA and Norfolk Southern, the railway. I don't know who from the federal government is actually there helping out here. And then here's the thing. He doesn't recall if he talked to the mayor of East Palestine. Are you kidding me? This should have been the first guy you talked to. This is the problem with big government. They don't have any skin in the game. Even the governor of the state and the senators, they have very little skin in the game because they don't live where the tragedy takes place. They are not going to get cancer 15 years from now because they don't have to worry about it. It's the people there. The mayor lives there. He's concerned about it. He has a stake in getting this whole, whole thing taken care of. He could get cancer. He has to continue living there. 
he should have been involved and had a final say in every decision concerning this mess. Because I guarantee you, if he did, he probably would have said no, probably blowing up a car that contains vinyl chloride and other dangerous chemicals should not happen. Or maybe we should get more information than we have. More on this later. It shows you the incompetence of the Environmental Protection Agency. Because it seems to me, it seems like the goal of this whole thing, of blowing things up, was to get the train tracks fixed and get trains moving again. Uh, in this next clip, it just kind of expands on what Biden said. I'm not even sure this is not just him repeating from a reword of the last question. But the clip shows you a lot. It, it, it does need to be watched. We do need to pay attention to little clips like this. It, it shows that Biden just flat out doesn't care about those people over there. They're Republicans. They're white. Who cares? Let's listen. It's been three weeks now since the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, as you know. The mayor says he saw you in Ukraine, and he says it tells you he doesn't care about us. They're asking, is the president coming to Ohio? Do you have any plan to travel to Ohio, and have you talked with the mayor yet? Let's put this in perspective. Within two hours of that derailment, the EPA was in there. Within two hours. Every major agency in the United States government that had anything to do with rail and or cleanup was there and is there. It actually was a different clip. I wasn't even sure if it was the same clip. I listened to it again. It's a different clip. The guy asked him again the same question. You don't recall if you, you, you contacted the mayor. The mayor sees you in Ukraine while this mess is happening. Are you going to visit? And again, he doesn't answer the question. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna go. There's no, he's not gonna have a choice. This is political suicide for him not to show this country that he get, give, show people that he gives a damn about people in this country. Yet he's running off into Ukraine. This is really bad optics. And again, now he's flat out lying at the end of this clip because no, there are no major federal agencies. It took FEMA almost a month to get there. Now, here's the thing. If I were president, and, and then not to mention the last thing that really gets me. And again, go to dumbassetalkingpolitics.com and look at the video. He smirks when he's asked, are you going back? Now, he probably smirked because you already asked this question. And I didn't answer it before. I'm not going to answer it now. But the smirk says a lot. He just flat out doesn't give an F. He does not care. He is worried about his only positive thing in the United States right now, and that's Ukraine. Nothing else is happening. You can't, you can't point to the anything else in this country that's working out. There is nothing that's working out right now. The only thing that's working out for him is Ukraine, because 50% of people actually support Ukraine. Now he's beginning to lose that. I wonder what he's going to do when, that, when he finds out, oh, geez, people want us out of Ukraine after a year and a half. I mean, we're over, we're over a year now. What's it going to be like? And, and already people are getting bent out, sick of it. What's going to happen three months or four months from now and another $20 billion later? Listen, with this, Palestine, with this Palestine thing, South Palestine thing, East Palestine, whatever it is, 
I would have done as president and hearing the level of disaster this was would have been on it immediately. I would have gotten I would I would have made sure that if I care about the environment and I care about the people, you are engaged. I mean, we're talking this is worse than Three Mile Island, which I'm sure nobody who listens remembers. That was when I was like 10. I would have gotten a hold of the top chemists in the country to find out what this stuff is. Hey, just looking at Wikipedia, I see that vinyl chloride is an aerosol and a flammable gas, which means lighting it is not going to kill it. It's going to spread it. That's just me reading off of Wikipedia. Go to dumbassetalkingpolitics.com. The, the link is there. It's an aerosol, which means it can be airborne. It doesn't take a genius to figure out, to read Wikipedia. I would have shut down the railway until the chemicals were safely disposed. And those railways needs to be shut down as long as possible. I mean, I, I, I can't be sure. I can't remember because I didn't read the entire Wikipedia, but I thought vinyl chloride was actually used as a, a, a chemical weapon at one point during World War, World War II or World War One. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure one of those chemicals that they were doing, it was actually used as a chemical weapon and burning it, probably not going to be a good idea. So you shut down that railway until it's fixed. And then I would go to Congress probably within the month and say, we need these regulations. One, trains car carrying chemicals should be restricted. This train line had 87 cars. And on those cars, a bunch of them were carrying chemicals. Well, 87 cars, couple problems with that. Uh, one, it, it, 87 cars, you have to be very careful with because they will tip over. It's more than likely one of them is going to crash out. And two, if there is a derailment and you have 84 cars that are filled with chemicals, you've got a far worse disaster than it tips over and you've got one, maybe two cars with chemicals. Limit the transport of the chemicals. Trains, and by the way, this is one of the reasons why pipelines work. You don't have to worry about this crap with pipelines. Trains carrying chemicals should be required for inspections, just like planes do. Every plane needs to be inspected before the damn thing takes off. They go through a checklist of inspections before a plane takes off. If these trains were inspected, they would have found that one of the axles was broken because that's actually what happened. One of the train cars had an overheated, bad bearings, bad axle. The axle broke. The train, they've got film of it. So, but again, one of the problems with inspecting an 87 car train is it takes forever. So don't have 87 car trains pulling a bunch of environmentally dangerous chemicals. It seems to be common sense. There needs to be also inspections of the entire rail system. Now, I, I travel by train all the time. From San Diego to Los Angeles, they just discovered out of nowhere there was a ground shift, and suddenly the rails between San Clemente and Irvine were found to be dangerous. 
So guess what they did? They shut it down. And they found this out only after, I think it was either an earthquake or a rainstorm. This issue was probably already there. These rail systems need to be checked. They're getting older. They're, the maintenance on them, because there, there's tens of thousands of miles, if not hundreds of miles of track, it's very hard to inspect all that. They need to be inspected. And finally, Norfolk Southern, who caused this accident, should never be able to carry chemicals again. I mean. The very next week, another one of their trains carrying chemicals in Texas derailed. And then there was another one that week in Michigan that they derailed. I don't think that was Nor Norfolk Sun Southern, but I'm not sure. But here, here's the thing. Nothing will happen. They'll continue to blame the Trump administration, even though it was already proven. This had nothing to do with infrastructure. This was a bad train. Trump had nothing. Investigators have already said Trump had they'll continue to blame Trump and nothing is going to come away of this. And they're going to hope that this story dies away and the media is going to help them kill this story. And it's just going to continue to happen. And nobody's going to get fired for this, even though this was really a lot of incompetence and no one's going to take it seriously. I mean. Pete Buttplug, all he's doing is he's going from MSNBC to CNN, back to MSNBC, to ABC, back to CNN. He doesn't care. He wants, he'll never be president. This mess destroyed him politically. He's done. But he doesn't care anyway. He just wants to be diverse and in the federal government. Yay him. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get to the Scott Adams story. There's no way. Uh, but good news, I can get to the Scott Adams story and my next story because I think they both they both work together. So I think it's a good thing. Love you all. God bless America. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.